What do you want? You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is the big show, 4 o'clock here on a game day. I'm Austin Horton here with Gordon Monson. Once again, uh, we miss Jake Scott, but uh, he'll be back, I'm thinking, next week. Fingers crossed. We'll see what is going on. But all indication is that uh, wife and baby, is uh, everyone's healthy and happy. So that's good news for us. It sure guy. is good news. And uh, all the best to uh, Jake and Naz and the new addition to their family. Now, do you want to play a game with uh, naming the new baby, Gordon? We could if you are, want. Are we feeling dangerous? <laughs> we've got these jazz tickets to give away to tonight's game. And I think we've got, uh, let's see, we've got uh, two pairs. So what's that? Two by themselves, two by themselves, and then a four-pack. I think the four-pack, you ought to be able to get, we ought to be able to give that away to something really good. So somebody who comes up with a good name? Not for just color 12. Scott yeah. Baby? So do we dare... Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so tweet at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson. Tweet in your best ideas. You know what? Throw Jake on there, at Jake Scott Zone. Your best <laughs> names for his newest child. And I'd, I'm not going to reveal what gender the child is. Others have. I'm not going to. So if you've been paying attention, you, you but if not, it was just, a girl. Gordon! <laughs> okay, so for Jake's new girl, the best name that you can come up with, we'll choose from those on Twitter today, and you'll get a four-pack to tonight's game. Now, a little uh, peek behind the curtain uh, is that uh, we did this in uh, 1998 when my last daughter was born, and uh, the two winners, if that's what was. I wasn't here, obviously, I was uh, with my wife. Yeah. Or Machine Head and Gordonia, I think. I've always wondered why your your daughter's name was Machine Head. <laughs> now, it, uh, like, I've never dared ask, because maybe it's a family name. I don't want to be disrespectful. All but. right, think of something clever about what Jake <laughs> should name his baby girl. Speaking of thinking of things clever, David Locke is with this radio voice of the jazz, brought to you each week by the good people at the Murdoch Auto Group. David, how are you? Happy game day. Hello. Uh, how are you guys doing? We're doing fine. Uh, let's let's dive right in because it is a game day and your time is short. I'm sure you're busy. Uh, we've been talking this week a little bit about, at least PK and I were, about does defense feed offense or does offense feed defense? What do you think the truth is about this Jazz team? Oh, this is a hard question. I mean, so the, so the first part is – the biggest adjustment the Jazz made this year is the way they play early in shot clock. So the Jazz are number one in the NBA in three-point attempts in the first six seconds of the shot clock. They're number two in the league 
in three-point attempts in the first nine seconds of the shot clock, that's coming from defense, right? You're not getting those threes against a set defense. So that that is certainly happening. Um, however, the other aspect of this is, like, what is the Jazz? Um, the Jazz defensively in the, uh, are the number one team in the league after a made shot. They allow 1.02 points per possession after a made shot. They're actually the third-best team after a defensive rebound at 1.07, and they're 27th in the league after turnovers. They're not so good defensively after turnovers. So, you know, what allows the Jazz to be at their best is when they get their half-court defense and keep you in the half-court. They're either doing that via the Euro foul, stopping a fast break and making someone inbound it, or by scoring a basket and then getting the defense set. So I don't have a good answer for you, but I think, it's a little bit of reason why we've seen the Jazz go on so many runs this year is that when one happens, then the other happens, and they feed on each other. I know that Quinn sure stresses that defense, and maybe that's a, a coach's nature, but he talks about that after every game, David. So it's your parents important. told you to eat your vegetables. Your parents told you to eat your vegetables too, right? <laughs> yeah, I never got Did over. Did your parents the- ever stress to you eating dessert? <laughs> I never got over the liver and onions, though. I could never get that okay. uh, down. Right, but like, like, well, let's talk about the NBA. Let's like, let's talk about this from an NBA player standpoint. Like, so seriously, like, defense is the vegetables. You're you got to eat it. It makes you healthy. It makes you good. It's what separates you from winning and losing. It's like the good thing for you. Okay, offense is chocolate ice cream. Like, they all like it. Everyone enjoys it. No one doesn't like it. Everyone wants to play it. Everyone wants to do it, right? Like On the food you, pyramid of NBA basketball, <laughs> yes. Right. Like, he, like Quinn doesn't need to be like, come on, guys, let's really go offensively tonight. Like, <laughs> well, Fine, you know, like, I'll shoot the ball. Yeah. Right. Like, these guys didn't get paid because they, like, did sideline shuffles well in practice. They get paid because they sh- make shots, and they all know it. So you've got to figure out a way to get them to play defense. So that's why Quinn emphasizes it. Eat your vegetables. Speaking of eating vegetables, are you are you surprised, I guess, that the Jazz are number one in the league in total rebounding? I hate that stat. I got asked today. There was a question on Twitter today that talked about um, – uh, that talked about uh, statistics or con- sports conversations that make you look like Eric Spolster did on the sideline when talking to Ed Malloy the other day, which is a meme that you've seen it going around. And I would like to congratulate you, Gordon, because that was one of my four. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you hate about it? Well, it's like when I grew up in the Bay Area, the Warriors led the league in rebounding because they couldn't freaking shoot. <laughs> like the reason we lead the re- league in total rebounding is because we force the most misses. It's not because we're a good rebounding team. It's because, like, we're not a bad rebounding team. But, like, the way to look at rebounds is percentage of defensive and percentage of offensive rebounds. That, that's, that's the only way rebounds should ever be discussed. Total rebounds is a totally useless number. Like, for example, even, like, offensively, if you go to the free throw line a bunch, which we don't do a great – I mean, we're pretty good. We're 10th in the league and going to the free throw line. Then, then we're good. We're a good rebounding team. Like, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I just don't like that way to talk about it. We're the fifth-best defensive rebounding team in the league. Or, excuse me, third-best defensive rebounding team in the league and fifth-best offensive rebounding team in the league. Like, that's how we should talk about it. You know, Denver, I would argue, is probably a better rebounding team than us. They're the sixth-best defensive rebounding team and the second-best offensive rebounding team. And I think that, you know, like, you just have to look at Philadelphia is a great rebounding team. They're top ten in both as well. Um, but total rebounding to me is – like, there's just a total difference between the two. We made a conscious – I mean, the story really is 
that last year, if you kind of look at the Jazz over the years, Quinn and his coaching staff have made a completely evolutionary change in who they are as a basketball team in how they address rebounding. Like, so we're, if we look at our overall rebounding numbers as a franchise, we're vastly different this year than we've ever been before. You, you don't go from 21st in the league in offensive rebound to fifth without making a conscious change to who you are as, a, as an organization. And they've done that. Everything else about us, pretty close. We don't force a lot of turnovers. We're a good defensive rebounding team. We don't foul a lot. We defend the shot well. We go to the line about the exact same amount of time offensively. We're turning it over a little less than we did a year ago. We shoot about the exact same. The big fundamental change that's taken us from being the 10th-ranked offense in the league to the third-ranked offense in the league is we're getting 3% more of our offensive rebounds. Yeah, and that offensive rebounding stat, the Jazz are fifth in that regard. Do you find usefulness in that as far as a, a, a sort of illustration of what they're doing offensively? Because yes. you mentioned earlier, and I think, David, we talked about this months ago, but you mentioned uh, that uh, the Euro foul. Well, if, if they if they throw somebody at the offensive board that they used to have run back in transition defense, then they might get more offensive boards. And if they don't get the offensive board, then they, they commit a foul to stop the action. Well, so what's interesting about this is there was this there's this school of thought that went through the NBA for many, many years, and that was that if you offensive rebound, you were bad in transition defense. And frankly, the leaders in that, uh, for much of it, were kind of the whole Popovichian tree of coaching. So Steve Kerr and Golden State's generally followed that rule. Pop has followed that rule. Doc Rivers for a long time followed that rule. When If you look back at the Clippers, they didn't do a lot of offensive rebounding. There's no statistical data that backs that up. In fact, the statistical data goes the other way, that if you can know you're going to go grab a few extra offensive rebounds, any risk that you're going to put somebody in transition more um, is is that's actually beneficial to go get the rebound. And that seems to be why the Jazz, though I don't know this for a fact, but have made this kind of change in who they are is because of the fact that they're just – the data does not back up the kind of premise. It's, an, it's, it's kind of a it's – a, frankly, it's an old wives' tale of the NBA at this point that if you offensive rebound – you'll be a bad, not only that you'll be in transition more and you'll be a bad transition defensive team. Um, if you actually look at the best offensive rebounding teams in the league of the top seven offensive rebounding teams in the league, five of the seven are in the top 13 defensively. Hmm. Three That's... of the top seven are in the top 10 defensively. Yeah. And then I can go pull out, like you should be able to like see defensive transition rate, right? That would be the question. So, you know, the team that offensive rebounds the most in the NBA is New Orleans, and they rank um, sixth best in the NBA at denying transition. Hmm. So the fact of the matter is, I think you're going to find out that the truth is, is if you crash the offensive rebound hard enough, you actually deny someone's transition because they have to go hit the glass. Denver's the second-rated offensive rebounding team. They're middle of the pack in denying transition. Um, Houston's the third-rated offensive team. You know what? I'm going to guess they're or Boston is. Um, Boston's the third best offensive rebounding team in the league. Boston ranks seventh best at denying transition. It's not just, it's actually the correlation goes the exact opposite way. Cleveland is a bad offense, is a high offensive rebounding team, and I'll bet you they're bad in transition. You know why? Because they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got Henderson Verge out now. They're fixing right. things. Yeah. 
I, I mean, we're not we're not great at it. Actually, we we allow people in transition too much. One of the things that nobody's talked about us, by the way, and I'm actually going to ask Quinn about this. And I don't know how to pull the data on this. I just have charted it all year long. We've gone from like 26 in the league in transition defense to about eight. That's like I don't really know. Like I'm gonna have to do some research before the coaches show tonight and try to see if I can find some data that really shows this. But I think in the last you know, 30, 35 games, we've done something really dramatically different in our transition defense, maybe just since the all-star break, who knows, um, of who we are. I, I think it stems back, frankly, to the, the Washington and Golden State games when they just ran by us and embarrassed us. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the guys realized, like, oh, like, that's, that's going to be a real problem for us. I'm running the numbers right now just to let you know because that's <laughs> fun to multitask. Um, so since... This is it. Oh, you guys are brilliant. Thank you. I needed to look this up. So since December, March 20th, which is the day after the Toronto game, after the opening kind of stretch, we are the number two team in transition defense in the NBA. Wow. I bet that puts a smile on Quinn's face. Yeah. We're also the number one defensive team since that date, too, by the way. Like, despite, like, I I get the vibe from our fan base that, like, people think we're, like, not playing well. Like, has anyone looked at our numbers? Like, what we've done? Like, you get the vibe from the fans that, that they believe the Jazz are playing badly? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I get, like, yeah, the vibe I get from a lot of people is like, oh, we need more of this. Because they lost to the Suns and the Wolves? I don't, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that guy that, we had this guy on our roster for a while. I think he's, um, <laughs> shoot, I, um, he wears 45 because um, of Michael Jordan. As a baseball, he's a pretty good basketball player. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. He has an affinity for spiders, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's scoring a lot of points. It's really <laughs> well, hard to play with that. While we're talking about defense, I want to ask you, because the Spurs, they take the most mid-range shots in the league, which is weird. Uh, not weird that they do, but that anyone is doing it. And the Jazz allow the most. I think that I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who does that favor, the team that wants you to take the most mid-range shots or the team that wants to take the most mid-range shots? Well, we won by, like, 20 the other night, and they had an unbelievably good mid-range shooting night. Like, if, if they have that same shot chart that they had the other night against us and they don't shoot well, oh, God, it could be just ridiculous. Uh, you, you tweeted out a shot chart at one point. Uh, they had no field goals at the rim or threes with 25 seconds left in the game the other night. In the first half, 25 seconds left in the first half. They had no shots at the – they had no buckets at the rim, and they had no threes. Now, they only had five shots at the rim, and they only had six threes. So that's a credit to the Jazz. Because of Rudy, we're the only team in the league – I don't know if we're still doing this. Time for me to look up a stat while talking. Um, we Last year, we're the only team in the league in the top five denying shots at the rim and denying shots at threes. This year, I don't think we're there, but we're the number one team in the league – or number two team in the league now denying – threes and the reason we deny threes is because we have you know our guys we have rudy behind them so we we are top five again we allow the fifth fewest amount of shots at the rim and the number and the second fewest amount of threes like so that's no one else in the league um other than washington and you know it's interesting when scott brooks was in town i was texting with him and basically asking him like why are you guys not like frankly better like you're doing everything right analytically and he literally came back to me and was like oh we'll be fine we got ripped apart by covid like this thing will come back around they're the number one team in the league at forcing people into the right shots mm-hmm. that's what's made them a everyone's talking about russell who's been great 
Well, the reason Washington's on a run is because they've been playing the game the right way, and the numbers finally came back on their side. David, the Jazz are averaging 5.4 blocks per game. That ranks sixth in the league. Does that mean anything at all, or is the fact that Rudy Gobert dissuades so many attempts that that uh, is skewed? So I think the first – I think it means something. Um, I like what we just talked about instead, like that we allow the fifth amount of shots, fewest amount of shots at the rim. And then I can dig in and tell you what the difference is when Rudy's on the floor and off the floor. So I like I prefer that better because I think dissuading the shots is is more important than blocking a shot. Um, and particularly, there's 80 shots a game, and so we're blocking whatever you said. It's not very many. Um, what I do think is most relevant in if you want to talk about Rudy is it's not block shots. Um, Rudy Gobert defends actually the most shots of anyone in the league. So our entire defense is predicated on driving people to Rudy. He defends 20 shots a night. The average shooter shoots seven percentage points below league average on those shots. (laughs) That's really interesting. Inside six feet, players shoot 14 percentage less than they would on league average. They shoot 48.5% if Rudy's the closest defender. And the league average is 62.6. <laughs> is there a ranking for that? <laughs> no, he, yeah, he and Miles Turner, I think, and then Alex Len of Washington. Um, but I think, actually, no, no, actually, it's not Miles Turner. It was actually, for a little while, it was Drew Eubanks in San Antonio, but I'm sure that has not lasted. There is a staff that Rudy's far and away the best in the league of anyone who actually plays real minutes. Um, the other note on that, is where Rudy has really evolved and changed is last I checked, players were shooting um, 34% on threes when Rudy's the closest defender. It's good to see Rudy really uh, focusing on defense finally. Uh, for wow. many years he was. Well, 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 give us that last one again. That is, th- These stats are screaming, David. 34%. So, for, 14%, by the way, Rudy – so Rudy's defending nine shots a game inside six feet. 14.4 is the best in the league. Miles Turner at 13.1 is next. Brooke Lopez minus 11.6. And Jakob Pertl, who was not great the other night against us, was minus 11.9. So those are the best. Inside six feet. Overall, Rudy, as I said, is seven percentage points. There's no one else close. And no one else is closer than 19 shots he's altering a game. The final piece of that puzzle is what we what I just mentioned to you was that this year when Rudy goes out and gets isolated on players outside the three point line, he's been particular. Guys don't make it. Like it's it's a, like yeah, I'm gonna try him. Uh, happens four times a night, and guys are shooting 33.2 percent on Rudy on three on three point shots. Is that good news if the Jazz face the Nuggets in Jokic? Jokic is never first well. I have to look back at the playoffs of whether he did or not, but. Um, uh, you know what? Three-point shooting defense is actually usually length. Our best three-point shooting defender is Joe Ingles. Oh. 29%, I think, on what it is on, on three-point shots. Um, is I think the number on him, most I checked it most recently, it's just because he's long, he gets there. You know, And I think Mike Conley's the lowest and Donovan's the lowest because they they're just short. So three-point shooting defense is actually length-based, um, which is why Rudy's so darn good at it. Well, David, we'll uh, catch you around 6.50 tonight with the, the uh, tip-off just after 7 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Okay, talk to you soon. That's David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, who, alongside with uh, Ron Boone, the legend, uh, do each and every uh, broadcast each and every night here on the zone that the Jazz play. 
those stats, and here's the thing with a lock interview, Gordon, is you hear it once and you, you're like, wow, that's crazy. And then sometimes there's so many numbers that it just kind of floats out of your mind because there's, you know, you get numbers floating in your head and you just move it along. I would encourage people to go back and podcast our lock interviews and write some of this stuff down and it will hit you even harder just how dominant a guy like Rudy Gobert is. Not I like that anyone the, around I, here doesn't think that. I like the way you punctuated that uh, when we were talking to David and essentially said, wait, Rudy Gobert's a good defender? <laughs> you know, for a long time he was he was not taking the defensive end of the floor seriously, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. And that was before he came to earth. Did you, so. give, did you give him the what? <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to David Locke and the good people at the Murdoch Auto Group for bringing us that Jazz Insider Report. Coming up next, we'll check in with Hans and Scotty to get some more Jazz thoughts from them. But caller 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. The Spurs take the most of these, and the Jazz allow the most of these per game. What type of shot is it? If you know that answer, you got a pair of tickets to tonight's Jazz Spurs game, 855-340-ZONE. And the four-pack is still on the line on Twitter. Get the uh, name suggestion in for the newest member of the Jake Scott household. We'll get to more next here on The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385 385- 427-881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point belt. Jazz have just a handful of home games left, starting with tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Pre-game starts at 6, 7 o'clock with the tip-off here on the zone. Bojan Bogdanovic has been doing a lot better of late. It coincides with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley missing time, but his shooting Uh, percentages and points per game have skyrocketed some of that uh, depends on the pick and roll but more so he talked about defending against the pick and roll i mean we were we were aggressive in a a pick and roll small 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 we didn't allow them to to play and 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 have a matches that they won we struggled last year against them they had a they hit a lot of a lot of mid-range jumper we know that is that is their big, big strength, and they are one of the best teams in the league shooting mid-range jumpers, especially the Rosen and, and, and Murray. So, so we were, we were great. One well, fun little project during the game tonight: track how many mid-range shots the Spurs shoot. It will be most of their shots. That's your Jazz at Thirty update, brought to you by Syringa Networks. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the big show. Austin Horton and Gordon Monson with you today. 
Brought to you each and every day by Big O Tires. Make sure you get in there for the best prices on any tires and the great financing options they've got available at Big O Tires. Gordon, uh, we have jazz tickets to give away. Congrats to Richard, who won a pair for knowing that the jazz allow the most mid-range shots and the Spurs take the most mid-range shots uh, per game in the NBA this season. But we've got a four-pack also for tonight's game, and we did a naughty thing. I don't know if I feel great about it, but it'll be fun. <laughs> we are asking our listeners to hop on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson, at Jake Scott Zone, to throw it in there, and name Jake's newest uh, addition to his family. That He and his wife just welcomed a new baby girl this past week into their home, and uh, everyone's doing well and healthy. The best name that we pick from will get a four-pack to tonight's game. And I, I is this okay? Yeah. This is couth? Sure. It's not uncouth? No. All right. Is couth the correct term there? I don't know. It's fine. Okay. I don't know. I feel kind of like maybe it's not okay, but we're going on with it anyway. Josh says Alexandria the Great Scott. Hmm. You like that? That okay? Like Alexander the Great, but yeah. it's a girl, so we went with Alexandria. And, 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 the, and the Great Scott. But that is that you, four you names? The, you get the Great Scott, right? The Great Scott. No, no. Great Scott. Great Scott used to be an expression. Like uh, like Doc Brown says in Back to the Future. Yes, Great exactly. Scott! Yeah. 2.1 gigawatts! <laughs> uh, but is the great one name? Or do you just do like T apostrophe great to great? No, you could make it one. The great? Yeah. Someone's going to pronounce it Thegriat or something. <laughs> That's not going to work. Uh, Brent says great, G-R-A-Y-T-E. Great Scott. See, he's <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the board with that as well. Yeah. Johnny says Camille the Big Show Scott. <laughs> Doesn't she have to, like, become a, a, a hammer thrower Olympian if her name is Camille the Big Show Scott? Doesn't really scream So I think he also, he also suggested Penelope, I don't agree, Gordon Scott. Penelope, Penelope, I don't agree. I don't agree, Gordon Scott. <laughs> okay, so I don't agree, Gordon is the middle name. Uh, yes, that could be hard for people to. Uh, but I like this thinking. Aspen Juniper Scott. I don't get the reference there really. Uh, how about this one? Azalea. The, oh, Johnny's sending all these in. He really wants to go to the game tonight. But I like Rob's so far. The best. I think Rob is leading the clubhouse. Butterscott. Butterscott. Just butter. Butter Scott. Well, her last name is Scott, like so like butterscotch. Right. I I, I followed that. But I like the idea of a kid's name being butter. Yeah, that is kind of cool. This is my kid butter. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a slang thing though that you know? I hope not. That? About butter? <laughs> uh, we have to make butter a naughty thing now? Come yeah, on. No. Can we not have some words that don't mean something bad on Urban Dictionary? Butter? Can we leave butter alone? <laughs> so anyway, keep those uh, names coming in. Did you read the Jen Shaw one? No, I didn't get to that one. Parker says Jen Shaw Scott because Jake loves him. Some real housewives of Salt Lake. What's the latest with Mrs. Shaw? I don't know. I don't know. Is she out on her own recognizance? I'm sure, I'm sure Jake knows. Yeah. <laughs> he might be the only one. <laughs> Uh, in fact, Rob Sawyer also says, call her Doc Brown Scott, and you can call her Great Scott because Daddy's always happy. I don't know about all that. but 
Spicoli Scott? Spicoli Scott. Spicoli's a boy's name. Yeah. Well, these days. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But all, you know what? I kind of like the idea. You and Lisa, you have five girls, mm-hmm. but all of their names can be boys' or girls' names. Yeah, uh, but it may be a different spelling. Right. Yeah. You you went with the more traditionally effeminate spelling, mm-hmm. but Lauren, that can, I've known a boy named Lauren. Mm-hmm. Lauren, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've known uh, Taylor, Aaron's, Kellen's. Yeah. I've known yeah. uh, Sydney. I've yeah. known all boys and girls with, with both of those. That's yeah. kind of cool. I like that. Is Spicoli... In that same flavor, though, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Like I said, these days these boundaries get expanded. That's true. I really do like this idea, Michael Gary Scott from The Office. I, I didn't think of that. Uh, so there you go. Get those in at Jay Austin Horton. Jaquette. Jaquette. Jaquette Scott. I don't, I don't like like jacket. See, that's the problem. Is you'd be in school and they'd be like. Is Jacket Scott here? <laughs> That's true for a lot of names. And then so. you'd have to say, no, Jacket's a, bu- a dumb name, but I have an even dumber name. It's Jacket. <laughs> That's why I like butter. No one's messing with anybody named butter. And you're going to be smooth. Oh, nice. Yeah, you, might, like you might be a little slimy and greasy, too. What kind of butter are you buying? <laughs> you're buying slimy butter? <laughs> No. Vomit. <laughs> I saw a friend of mine once. He dared me. He had a whole. Uh, he had a whole. Uh, what do they call that? A Tub. S- a slob. Stick. A slab. Not a slob. A slab. A Pass stick. the slob of butter, would you? A stick. A stick. <laughs> a slob. <laughs> and he turned to me and he said, "You dare me to eat this? The whole slob? He ate the whole stick of butter, and it was one of those oh. big ones. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought." Did he ever eat butter again? I'm sure he did. Oh, did you? Did he win anything? No, he just dared me. Who was this? He dared. He he said, "Do you think I'll eat this?" And I said, "I said no." And he stuck the whole darn thing in, chewed it up, and swallowed That's the thing. That's disgusting. I know. I I wanted to give him a loaf of bread, you know, mix it in a little. I have seen like when you go to those breakfast places and they put the little dollop of butter on yeah. your pancake. Uh-huh. I have seen a person tell their kid it was ice cream oh and they just took a big old spoonful of butter thinking it was ice cream it was pretty funny that's why you have kids right to torture them <sighs> with with pranks of such things like naming them butter and jacket somebody says stockton scott mm, I, don't, I can't see jake is such a magic johnson fan i can't see him <laughs> naming his child stockton oh, yeah right i do i do like uh magic magic scott that would work <laughs> But you can't win the tickets, Gordon. I know. Uh, I, I, someone also, and this is the last one for this segment. We'll get to more. Someone said the only option is Jasmine, but spell it with jazz, J-A-Z-Z, Jasmine. So it's a jazz thing. See what I'm? See what he's going for there? I thought it was Jazlyn. There's also a Jazlyn. Okay. Someone said, but that, but Jasmine's an actual name. Jasmine's a Utah name. <laughs> We have some weird, weird people in this state. Can we put a L-E in front of it or an L-A in front of it or something like that? Uh, they're, now they're all rolling in. Jackie, I'm Gordon Monson Scott. <laughs> Pippin Scott. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll we'll have more of this next. Sadie Scott. That's already taken, yeah, Mike. They can't have two of those. 
Sadie one and Sadie two? <laughs> two? <laughs> All right. Uh, this was kind of the not sports report, but we'll do it again next right here oh, on the geez. big show. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's time now for the Not Sports Report. Begrudgingly, according to uh, the the clock. But it is brought to you each and every day by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online. LHMUsedCars.com. All right, Gordon. Give it to us. I got two. Two? Two. The first one's real brief. I'm just going to read this headline, and I was off a certain website, but I'll, I'll read it. And See, when you it, say a certain website, it, it makes it sound like you're doing things you shouldn't <laughs> no, be doing. No, no, not at all. But uh, this uh, this headline, it says, In 1912, Hellman's mayonnaise was <laughs> produced in England, and there were thousands of jars of it on the Titanic, destined for Mexico after a brief stop in New York. Today, we commemorate the loss of the condiment cargo as the Cinco de Mayo. No, no. Who said this? Just on a headline here. No, 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 no. That's, first of all, put some respect on the Titanic. You know, everyone makes a joke of the Titanic. Those were real people on the Titanic. And uh, now if it were Miracle Whip, we could mourn the loss. But there's enough mayo in the world. The second one is this one. I say that only because Hanson Scotty will have a conniption that I like Miracle Whip. A, a, so I know people who like Miracle Whip. I like, I like mayonnaise too, but if you got Miracle Whip, I'll take that. All right. Is Miracle Whip just a bit more tangy? It's got that kick to it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Didn't they write, only God could sink this ship on the bottom of the Titanic? If you I, ask me, I, if you do that. Is that an Eric Jensen fun fact? That is a fun fact. <laughs> yep. Thanks yes. for that. My second story is this. Apparently, a pregnant woman gave birth, Austin, to the seven babies that were expected that had been that showed up on the ultrasound. Seven babies, and they took them cesarean. But oh, thank goodness! But they found two more. What do you mean found? They that didn't show up on the ultrasound. So the the, <laughs> the the pregnant mom was expecting seven, but there were nine. She gave they were birth. they were hiding behind they, the, their I, siblings I, in I, the ultrasound. I suppose. Well, oh, there's nine. You can't like track the heartbeats. Well, I've seen more basketball players on a freaking <laughs> NBA roster than that. So nine babies. Oh my gosh, that woman. poor woman. Her name is Halima. Uh, C I S S E. How would you say that? C I S S E. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Twenty five years. Not old. in this country. I'm taking. No, it, it was in Morocco. Where wow. The, where the babies were born. Nine babies. No, thank you. Taken cesarean, and apparently, according to doctors, they're saying that the mother and all nine babies are doing well. That's 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 a miracle to have nine babies. It's a miracle to have everyone get out of there doing well thank goodness for modern medicine and thank goodness i'm not married to her uh, can you th- imagine bringing home nine screaming uh, nine. <laughs> screaming their heads off all hours of the day round the clock babies if i'm pronouncing this right they call them non-uplets non-uplets uh, if, if, unless it's, there's a different pronunciation i don't know it's extremely rare 
Uh, and oftentimes medical complications arise for both the mom and the babies. And the mom did have uh, a bit of a problem, but they took care of it. And they said now that uh, the newborns, five girls and four boys, and the mother, this is a quote, are all doing well. How's the father? <laughs> Has he left town yet? Nine babies? Good gravy. Nine babies? That is just remarkable. You've got to hire help, right? You have to. You can't take care of nine babies all at once. You have to, right? There's no, there's no way. You would die. You got to sleep at some point. <laughs> I look, I, I, I'm sure that mom and dad are happy to have. I, I just don't know how they're, they're going to need help. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're going to need help. They're going to have to. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this. Maybe the government will step the in government. and help. I, I don't know. <laughs> in, in Mali or wherever Morocco, they're Morocco, but I think they're. I, I, look, they need help. All right. <laughs> You you socialists turn into the government for help. <laughs> Raise yourself up by those 18 bootstraps and make a life for yourselves. What would you do if you had... If, if, uh, I would run away. No, nine, you wouldn't. Nine? What would you do? You Gordon, wouldn't run away. I don't know how I could raise nine children that are the exact same age. I, you know, give when they can start... Taking care of themselves a little bit better. Like when they're 18? No. I'll, I'll, well, maybe. <laughs> Definitely there should be a division. Four in one house, five in the other. And you flip for which one of you has to take care of five and the other takes care of four. You can't, you can't, you can't take care of nine babies alone. I hope they get the help they need. Well, maybe they, they maybe they made, uh, you know, accommodation for the seven, but then they get a bonus of two extra. A bonus? Is that how you're looking at it? Yeah. I, they'd have to get help from family. Where, where else are you going to get? Or somebody. Yeah, it's got to be somebody. Friend? And, will, you, will you raise my child for me? And, you know, I thought every mother has the, the one up on you to whenever, you know, they'll say, I brought you into this world. You owe me a lot. And they're right. They're mm -hmm. absolutely right. She can look them in the eyes and say, I brought nine of you into this world at one time. Shut your mouth and do your homework. Shut your mouth and eat your vegetables. Shut that's your mouth. That's a lot of minky couture for one. And go woman. to bed. That is a that's nine minky couture blankets every year for this uh, Mrs. Cisse. Well, I'm sure they she looks at it as uh, as a blessing, but uh, if she can open it, her it, eyes, <laughs> but but uh, she's she's definitely going to need all kinds of assistance, and uh, and yeah. I did mean, they already have? You, did they already have other kids? Yeah, that was in the report. Wow, she's twenty five, so I don't, I, I don't know. Twenty five years but old. But think about the expense. That's what I'm. So you asked me what I would do. I there's no way. There's no. I don't know that the highest paid person in our company could raise nine children. That you would have to have some sort of. You might have to raise them to be bank robbers so that they can feed themselves. Let's hope not. I don't know. That's that would be kind of cool, team, man. <laughs> a base. That is a baseball team. All at the same time. Can you imagine going out for sports? I've heard of nine men out. This is nine babies out. Oh, that was terrible. All right, coming up next. <laughs> coming up next, Jordan Clarkson spoke at Shoot Around. We'll play uh, what he had to say. And by the way, we've got enough. If they need help with naming those nine babies, well, yeah, our listeners are there for them. We got a list call of names. The, call them the Niners. The, the Niners. All right, more next. Unfortunately, here on the Big Show.